These are long days. They're long days. So, uh, yeehaw. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> yeehaw. Hey, hey, it's die hard. Yeah, yeah de- it's die hard? It, Christmas it's, it's, it's Christmas. Yeah, it's just about Christmas time. Happy Hanukkah, I think, recently. Yeah, I've seen the menorahs up and about. Suzuki? Menorah Suzuki? <laughs> is that a t-shirt? Brother, get Can Colt we? Cabana on the phone right now! He is not returning my calls. Damn it. If if we get Colt Cabana on the line, sure, you can't tell me he would not he would not be selling Menorah Suzuki shirts on pro wrestling. He's got to have thought about it, but I think the issue with that is you have to sh- probably split it with Suzuki, right? Because why else wouldn't you do it? He's witty enough, you know. I don't want to toot my own horn here. Toot toot. I'm like two degrees separated from Colt Cabana. I can make this happen. So what that means is I'm. Three degrees separated from yeah. Well, now now you're Maven. you're two degrees separated from Maven. Yeah, as you know, <laughs> right? Maven, you, you and I were high rollers in the biz at this point. I know people. I had a I had an awkward conversation with Kyle O'Reilly in 2017. You know, right? Hey, who's that? Who is Adam Page? What's his deal? He is, uh, and I quote, an anxious millennial cowboy. Anxious Millennial Cowboy. Yeah. Now, he's also, spoiler alert, AEW World Champion. Yeah, he is. How did we get there? The year was. <laughs> I remember this day. And this is, this is really weird. It was right after a Ring of Honor show or New Japan. Probably Ring of Honor. I'm on. I'm in my parents' home. I'm yes. on the, uh, the guest bed because they don't like me. And <laughs> I'm listening to Dave Meltzer... Dave Meltzer, like, the next day from, like, a pay-per-view, I guess. Paige joined the Bullet Club. And Paige, if you remember, was, like, nothing. Just some guy, right? Some fucking average trader wrestler guy. Mid-card. Ring of Honor mid-card. Ring of Honor mid-card. Like Coco Banna. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, totally, like, I don't know who, who you'd compare him now, but just some guy. Well... Who in AEW now is what Adam Page was in, what did you say, 20... Let's go with 2017, 2016-ish. So, he's a heel, right? I think so. So he's a mid to lower card heel with no real... No, nothing. Nothing. Just nothing. So... Von Wagner! Von Wagner, no, because Von Von Wagner at least has got a thing. He's big and he's a second generation guy. Sure. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Brendan Vink. Who? Brendan Vink. Remember who during is he? The, the pandemic. Rise? No, I know that is, but who is he now? You're just some Australian guy. Does it? Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson. Hangman Adam Page was the Duke Hudson of 2017. I don't know who's more offended by that statement. Hangman. Well, we Hudson. just we just gave Duke Hudson some hope. That's not gonna. 
What's that? He's uh, in the wrong spot for hope. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the you wrong the, company for hope. I'm gonna give you the Hawkeye. Don't give me hope. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he, I remember being on like bed, hearing the Melter, guest bed, because my parent, parents don't love me, talking about like, yeah, this is a really weird choice. Like he's like nothing, but New Japan wanted him. Like I don't fucking know this guy is at all. And then I still didn't really know who he was, but now he had a noose around his neck. Yep. The hangman. The hangman. I was like, that seems weird. Yeah. A weird choice for a, a late 2010s character. Yeah. I mean, character. like, I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm the racist here, but like, a noose around the neck. I mean. It's iffy. It's like when WWE recently had like Lynch Belair as a, <laughs> I'm not joking. It was like a, like a, as like a hashtag. A, it was not a hashtag. It was a like WWE.com like Ugh. match graphic thing. Like it, it was like Woof. Lynch Belair. And it was like you got to be kidding me. So again, you know what they say about liberals though? We're the racist ones, right? Because we always think about it, right? <laughs> but yeah, so he uh, had the noose. That was his gimmick. Now he's the the hangman. Yes. Which when you thought when you heard that as like a gimmick, what did you think? Because I thought the game. <laughs> You thought the the like the spelling game, yeah, like, like it's when cool. it's too it's raining outside, you can't go outside for recess. Yeah, so your teacher you may as well be like the like, Seven Up guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> Manhunt heads up Seven Up, the wrestler. I thought yes. of I, I at least got what they were going for, okay. in that he's like supposed to be an executioner or something, like an old west type, sure, vigilante, the vigilante thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I assumed we were going for with the Hangman. I really thought it was like a play on the game, but I guess <laughs> I was wrong. And I wasn't really following New Japan. This is like again, I don't even know what year it was exactly, but I didn't have like a New Japan World subscription. I don't think it was even. Uh, no, not. It may have been a thing by then, but I didn't have money, so you know. But like he he joins. I think Cole is around that same time frame. Am I? Am I what do you remember about the Bullet Club? So the Bullet Club at this point was very hot. It was the hottest thing in New Japan. Yes. Because they had just lost Nakamura and AJ Styles yep. and the Good Brothers. So the Bullet Club and who was in charge of the Bullet Club became a big deal. And so... Omega became the head of the Bullet Club. Also, they did the thing with Cody. Cody was in the Bullet Club. And then Adam Cole and Adam Page got added as... They got added a day apart. Um, Cole was added May 8th, 2016. Page was May 9th. So there's a vacuum at the top Mm -hmm. of Bullet Club. And who winds up filling that is the Elite. Yes. Kenny, the Bucks... Cole, Cody, and Hangman. And, I guess, Marty. But We don't talk about Marty right now. No. but So those guys became essentially the biggest stars in New Japan as mm-hmm. part of the Bullet Club. And that's when New Japan really started to get hot in the U.S. That yes. was when they got the Bullet Club shirts into Hot Topic. Yeah. Which was huge. Like, a Japanese wrestling promotion having merch available at your local mall, wherever it is, in Jersey or Nebraska or 
fucking Colorado. It doesn't matter. It's fucking crazy. It, never before had something like that happen. It was an mm-hmm. unprecedented level of market penetration for uh, Japanese wrestling in the U.S., and it was on the back of the elite. I don't think Adam Cole was technically in the elite, but... He is now, kind of, right? Do they say that? They say that they're super click. The super, yeah, now that Kenny's gone. Yeah, but then they were also the super elite, so it was not really the elite. Right, so there might be an interesting... There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, is that just... Uh... They're the elite when Kenny's the leader. But not when Cole's is... But to be fair, yes. the Bullet Club adds these two dudes, one day apart, and already Hangman Page is the afterthought. Mm-hmm. Because at this point... Adam Cole is what, a three-time Ring of Honor champion? You're probably right. You love Adam Page. Adam Page, Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole's my favorite. Also, not great when you're like adding people to a stable and like they have very similar looks and names. Yeah, it's two it's two white guys from Ring of Honor yeah. with long blonde hair. Unimpressive bodies. Unimpressive bodies, both named Adam. Mm-hmm. One day apart. It almost seems like they fucking got the name wrong. Like, the story was that New Japan wanted, like, oh, we definitely want Adam, and they got the wrong Adam. Yeah. Oh, Adam, Adam Page? Got it. <laughs> right, so it almost seems that way, right? Because if you look at the two, okay, one-time former Ring of Honor champion, yeah. main event guy, right? I could see how you would want him, but why would New Japan specifically request Hangman Page? I suspect it's because cowboy wrestlers have always been big in Japan, you look sure. At Terry Funk, Stan Hansen, right? He's JBL. Not... <laughs> uh, he's gotten. He... He's been more successful in Japan than he was in Germany, I guess. Is that the Hitler thing? Yeah, it was the the Hitler salute at that German house show. It's okay because his best friend is uh, a black guy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm agreeing that his best friend is black. I'm not agreeing that it's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's not uncool. It's not, it's not. It's totally though. Totally yeah. Yeah, it's Kalito's way. Nobody's been um, his face. Um, Unless you want him to. <laughs> so Adam Page, Adam Page, gets the call up, right? Essentially, hey, we want out this guy, and the wrestling journalist community seems to be like, why him? Yeah, it's very much an uh, an Anhog situation. We're talking now May 2016. AJ left. We went over that. New Japan is kind of exploding. Right. Yes. Uh, um, if we look at the New Japan bubble, the most recent bubble, I would say, from when AJ was there, and Okada, and Tanahashi, to right around when the Elite leaves, which is the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Yes. Right. Does that make sense? 2018, 2019. Sorry. Um, they were on fire. So, Paige gets into this group. He's He's like Chase Owens level to me. He's not getting the uh, respect I'm sure he thinks, well, he would like. And um, things change. So BTE, right? The Elite have being the Elite, that YouTube series. And you've got Paige. You've got Cole. You've got the Buck. you got Omega, Marty, Cody's in there, right? Because Cody gets released. From WWE, like, right around that time, right? 2017? Someday we need to have a conversation about the fact that there's no AEW if there's no JBL and Cole show. Wait, what's the connection here? Cody. 
Was he on that show? Yeah, Cody was a huge part of that show. You, you're asking me to watch a JBL show. It's not going to happen. So JBL was barely on it. Okay. It was like, it was a bunch of weird shit. Like, Cody came up with Bad News Barrett on that show. Huh. The, the origin of Bad News Barrett. Also, uh, like, it was very weird. It was, Heath Slater was on that as Clem Layfield, like JBL's <laughs> nephew. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, Cody was on that and was very involved with the backstage kind of jokey kind of in kayfabe kind of out of kayfabe backstage show and I, I don't know if there would have been a BTE without the JBL sure, and Cole show sure. and if there's no BTE there's no AW dude I know the uh, the downside of BTE that Flip Gordon is like anything that people know of <laughs> um, so BTE it serves as you know a vlog but yeah. it's also like storyline driven and still is to this day and like it allows people to get the personality across yeah and it's a way for people who aren't you know you don't necessarily know what to feature when you feature somebody on a wrestling show this enables somebody to kind of stretch out a little bit and show parts of their personality that they wouldn't otherwise and then you find something that works on the show and that pops the boys so to speak Mm -hmm. and you're like well you should do this on the show Kevin Nash pops the boys. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I wanted to say. So, BT's uh, kind of meant to pop the boys a little bit. And he's getting over on BT. Now, not everyone watches BT. I, I certainly... I mean, it's his day. I don't really watch it that often. I'll watch um, it occasionally. If I hear something's good on it, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. He becomes a cult favorite. The question becomes... Well, not the question. It's eventually AEW's formed. We talked before about... Dave Meltzer yes. being confused about the Why? choice of, yeah. of, of Hangman Page. Dave Meltzer, again, is the impetus for All In. He replies to somebody's tweet. Yeah. No wrestling company outside of WWE will ever run an arena of X size. Yeah. We'll never draw this many this many fans. And Cody's like, no, I think we could. Yeah, like, give me buck, give me, give me in the bucks, like, X amount of time, we can do a 10,000 seat or whatever. And... He legitimately, if I remember the tweet correctly, he says, I'll take that bet. Yeah. Which leads to AEW's continuing use of gambling motifs and imagery. Let's make a Michael Jordan joke. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, right? This, this tweet happens. This is the impetus for the first all-in pay-per-view, which is basically self-financed, but also not really self-financed because Ring of Honor is involved. It's Ring of Honor. It's also a New Japan cross-promotion. Sure. Well, he's like, you know, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's like the Bullet Club show, right? Like It's a Bullet Club show. Yeah. yeah. it's a, They have a Bullet Club ring, right? Yeah. The, the, the ramp, the entrance ramp is like the, the, the downward uh, arrows, right? Of yeah. The Bullet Club. So, right. So, all in the success. It was a quote-unquote independent show, right? There's no company there but whatever there kind of is it isn't yeah i mean they use ring of honor contracted talent and they use new japan contracted talent through ring of honor yeah so it's a quote-unquote independent show booked with ring of honor support heavy ring of honor support yes. so page is on the card he's feuding with i believe it's janella in he, the match he's on the card but it wasn't his feud no because he's feuding with joey ryan Right? Yes. With the penises. Yeah. 
Yeah. As as Hangman would later say on Twitter, famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. There's these penis druids. Like it's like a they're people making, like it. I they're guess they're making fun of the Undertaker with yeah. the penis druids, sure. right? So Hangman's on the card. He wrestles Joey Janela. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's an okay match. Yeah, but like, what are your thoughts on Paige at this time? Before all, all eat. AEW is a thing, right? He stole. He's pretty popular, like pretty over at this point. Like the BTE stuff really did work for him. What did you think about Hangman Page? Well, by the time that All In came out, I had not seen any being the elite. I had not, mm-hmm. so I had no idea what this dude's whole steez was. I'd never seen him before, never seen him wrestle, never seen him do an interview. Mm-hmm. Like he's feuding with. Joey Ryan, for some reason, he's wrestling Joey Janela for some other reason, and he just was a seemed to me like a very generic heel, doing very generic heel things. Yeah, nothing stood out to me. Was he even the heel? This is the other thing. I don't even know what he, he... would have been the heel because uh, Janela. Jo- yeah, yeah. J- right. And Joey Ryan was, of course, baby a babyface, as most. You know, yeah, you know, wrestling, a uh, guy who makes you touch his dick is, uh, is a big baby face hero, Ric Flair. So I'm not a fan of Paige. I, I, don't, I don't like anybody in that program, by the way. Right? These are not my guys. But, like, okay, his match is fine. Like, whatever, you know? And then... But I know like, I'm in the minority of, like, wrestling... Inter-wrestling fan. Like, he is beloved. I don't really get it. You... I don't... I don't wouldn't go as far as to say you were in the minority there. I think... Oh. Okay, so maybe you're in the minority in terms of people who are following BTE. Sure. But at that time, that was a very small subset of the wrestling audience. And All In was an attempt to go mainstream. So, again, the AEW still has this problem where they assume a larger portion of their audience watches the backstage stuff. Yep. Or the extracurricular stuff, whatever you want to call it. They assume a much larger mm-hmm. slice of the audience watches that than actually does. I, I see why they overestimate it because if they didn't have a significant amount of grassroots support from that shit they never would have gotten started right they wouldn't be able to have gotten this far if they didn't have a significant number of people following that for sure but both of us were kind of new to a lot of these guys during that show Mm -hmm. and a lot of other people were as well and I think probably a lot of people were still in a very much... We'll get into the appeal of, like, Hangman now, right? Because I think if I felt like what was being portrayed now was portrayed then on TV or or sort of more uh, um, explicitly, then I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Did I get it, though? So, all in the success... Their deals are running up with New Japan Ring of Honor. We know AEW's form, but NXT, Triple H, or Hunter Horse Helmsley, <laughs> uh, you know, he's speaking to the elite. He's trying to get them to come in. At that point, we were kind of at a crossroads because New Japan wanted them to stay. Hey! Yeah. Um, we were at a crossroads because New Japan wanted them to stay, and they were, in fact, counting on those guys to stay because the elite was going to spearhead their expansion into the U.S. Yes. We talked about how New Japan was blowing up in the U.S. Yeah. market. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a universe where the elite stayed in New Japan, mm-hmm. and AEW is essentially an arm of New Japan. Yeah. I think in that universe, you know, if, what do you call it, New Japan Strong or New Japan US or whatever, yeah. is a thing, but I think without the creative vision of Tony Khan, it's not anywhere near what it could be. Yeah. So Triple H is, is negotiating with these guys. Paige had like maybe what I thought would be the most interesting of those deals, which is we're going to hire the elite, Cody, Kenny, the Bucks, and Hangman for sure. Well, Marty's deal wasn't up. Because Marty couldn't even show up in AEW. Right. So they were all, uh, uh, not Paige, the other guys. My understanding is that they were going to the main roster and had like a six-month out in their deal, uh, which is crazy. Because that, say what you want about Hunter Hersomsley. He knows main roster sucks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and he needs to incentivize. But uh, Paige was going to go to NXT. Right. And probably be their top guy. And he was, I, I could be wrong, but was going to get paid main roster money. But he was going to go to NXT. So they were going to s- split them, kind of. He which, just wasn't going to go with them to the main roster. Which is a weird choice, but I could see Triple H honestly loving Hangman Page's work. Sure, it yeah. Is, it is very... It's it's very... Uh, the fundamentals are very sound. Yes. Right? He's not crazy flashy. He's not like the box. You know, he's he's a, he's a good wrestler, right? So, um, and I, I, I even get to the degree, like, why... He's, like, still the least, like, probably well-known of that crew. So, let's, like, introduce him in NXT. Which, NXT at the time... Was their hottest brand. Exactly. It made it makes a lot of sense. And it allows for the eventual paid goes up to join the elite mm-hmm. on whatever storyline that they're in at, right. at that time. Obviously, those deals do not happen, which is another episode, probably. But uh, AEW's formed, and they have the press conference, and uh, it was in Jacksonville at the beginning of 2019. And Paige's promo, where he's like, like your uh, your uh, like earnest, yeah. white meat baby face, you know, fiery young baby yeah. face. Yeah, very very classic. Yeah, very. I don't want to say dusty roads, but certainly Dustin Rhodes. Sure, like the natural Dustin yeah. Rhodes, or like a Barry Windham type. Mm-hmm. He's very much a Barry Windham type. Mm-hmm. And he's and he gets out there and he promises, promised that he was going to be the first ever AEW champion. He was the first signee. To AEW, right? Because the technically, no, Jericho was, but sure. Well, he was part of it before. Uh-huh. I mean, he was part, he was in the elite. Yes, but he was the only member of the elite. Again, setting him apart from the rest of them, he was the only one. If they'd gone to WWE, he was the only one who wasn't immediately going to join them on the main roster. Yeah, in the in their own company that they form, that they can do whatever they want with. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who's not an executive. They were his mentors, but now they're going to be legally, on paper, his boss. You know what's crazy? Uh, all that, but when I think about it, if you remember being at uh, AEW, there's all this talk of like, you know, are they going to be employees, right? And insurance. And like, now that I think about it, I'm like, these motherfuckers gave themselves executive positions to get health insurance. <laughs> yes. And Paige is he's talent. He's yeah. not an ex- executive, so... 
Uh, man, I'd be pissed too. Give me that fucking health care coverage, please. So he's been, at this point, what are we, two years in? Two years into his relationship with the elite? Two and a half. Two and a half. The whole time, he's been subservient. First as their young boy, essentially, Mm -hmm. in New Japan, right? Their hung boy. (laughs) Their hung boy, right. Then, I mean, think about this. At All In, Mm -hmm. Marty, who was the other, like, junior member of the elite... Mm -hmm. Gets a showcase match against Kazuchika Okada. Yes. Hangman gets Joey Janela. Yeah. Equal. Right. <laughs> Joey Janela versus the greatest IWGP champion in history. Sure. Yes. Um, then we get the WWE deal in which we find out that he's going to be... He would be not joining the rest of them. He would be going to developmental for question mark reasons. Mm-hmm. And then... They're like, no, 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 no. We're going to start our own company. And we're still going to not. Yes. We're still going to keep some you of at Some of this, of course, is K-Fab, right? Like, yeah, but some of it's not. Like, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Um, so he cuts a promo at the AEW announcement, uh, the rally, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it. And he's, if I remember correctly, his first match is supposed to be with Pac, right? Yep. That match ends up happening, but in the UK. Right. Because of some stuff. This would be pre-COVID, so I don't, I can't recall. I think it was, was a visa it? issue. Visa issue, okay. Well, that's why I carry Amex. And, <laughs> and uh, this was also when Pac was... Dra- Dragon Gate champion, he wouldn't lose. Well, they didn't want him to lose. Like, the Dragon Gate sure. management was, they didn't want him losing any, any matches while he was their champion. Sure. So, yeah, it was the whole thing. But, yeah, he, he said he wanted to be the first ever champion. And this is the first time we get the indication that the character is looking for something to call his own. Mm-hmm. Looking for something to set him apart. Because he's not going to be an EVP. He's an elite, but he's the least elite yeah. guy Yes, in every sense. Would you say he's the elite? Yes, he's the elite. Thank you very much. And... He is looking for something to set himself apart. So he wants to be the first AEW champion for that reason. Yes. I mean, aside from the re- you know that every wrestler would want to be the first champion. Sure. But he specifically wants to be AEW champion because it will allow him to define himself as something other than the afterthought. Mm-hmm. He had a bolo tie for that. Um, Very Walker, Texas Ranger. Right before Raw. Mm. <laughs> Let's fast forward a little bit here. Yeah. He ends up in that first AEW moral title match with Jericho because he wins the the Battle Royale uh, at Double or Nothing, right? Right. He's the first Joker. Yes. He wins. He's put in this pretty, you know, major, probably the biggest feud of his career. Oh, absolutely. Biggest opponent in his career with Chris Jericho. And I remember, like, watching those sort of road twos on the YouTube channel, we we watched all in together or all out, sorry, and I think we were both like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, how's Punk gonna show up on this one, right? <laughs> right? And but like, it really was like, uh man, like him, him, like it's I still didn't, a little him, right? Because like, he's fine, right? You know, but like, 
first world champion. Right. At, at this point, we were, we were still not seeing what they were seeing. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, we've been through this a ton over the years where wrestling promoters get it into their head that somebody's going to be their top guy. Yeah. And pushing that person... Until they're the top guy, or until they can't get bored and they give up. We did a whole episode about that, right? Have so to, I think it every Monday night. Yeah, I think everybody kind of had a a like feeling in the pit of their stomach. Like, is AEW going to do the same thing? Is is Hangman Page just going to be the Roman Reigns mm-hmm. of AEW, where everybody's like, no, no, thank you, no, it, thank, you. no, thank you. There really no, was, thank you. It really was that feeling, right? Like I remember now that you bring it up, and I knew I knew the feeling, but like specific memories I'm having of like, do I have to like, do I have to watch this? Like I don't, I don't really care about this guy. Uh, that's how I felt, and it's like I don't watch whatever movie this is. Like, you, like stop making fetch happen, you know, like that phrase. Mean girls. Sure. Um, it kind of felt that way. Like yeah, you know, maybe in like a year, maybe in two years, but like. He ain't there yet. He ain't there. And, like, uh, part of this, for me, is that I don't think the character work was there. And we'll get there into that. There was no that. character. Exactly. And he also has that battle royal win the same night that John Moxley shows up. And John Moxley, I mean, I'm, I, I want him. Yeah, former WWE champion. Just went to New Japan. Completely revitalized. Renee's husband. Renee's husband. Big American dad fan. He still feels lesser than. He felt lesser than with the elite. Mm -hmm. Now they're putting him in the position to be the top babyface of the company. And on the show that he wins the right to challenge to be the top babyface of the company, he's completely cucked by John Moxley. I'm thinking about... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm even thinking about the the Double or Nothing pre-show. Before they go into like the live, like the actual show, and they have Cody, Brandy, Kenny, and the Bucks come out. The Elite. Yeah. To like sort of like hype up the crowd. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm now that like was Paige there? He wasn't there. And maybe that's a better role thing. I don't think. I don't. Regardless, you're the Elite. He's in the Elite. Why is he not out there? So I love this company. Yeah. Everything makes sense. And now we start talking about in the lead up to the Jericho match yes. we start talking about being the elite mm-hmm. and if we didn't see it now we saw those great videos that were produced in the run up to Full Gear by my friend by your friend yes where they sort of cherry picked all of the Adam Page moments yes and we could see the story as it's progressing mm-hmm. and we, we saw all the bravado when he says he's going to be the first ever champion mm-hmm we see a moment of vulnerability on the night of the show where he asks the Young Bucks to be in his corner mm-hmm. against Jericho and come out and support him. And they don't say no exactly, but they react in such a way that he takes it as a no. Well, it, it's like, it's not a priority. Right. Right? Like, it's, it's sort of, we've all been there. Like, I don't really want to do this. Like, They're like, oh, uh, oh okay. Like, like, would you guys come support me tonight? It's his first world. It's the biggest match of his career. It's honestly like, hey, my band's playing tonight. Will you come? Yeah. And like, you're like, oh. Well, realistic, I mean, realistically, it's more like, hey, I'm, I'm 18 years old 
and I'm graduating from high school and you're my dad. Would you come to the graduation ceremony? And the dad is like, I don't know. I've been to a lot of graduations. Like, yeah, he's, listen, the young bucks are no Taz, right? Taz will be there for, for his son hook. <laughs> yes. Um, but they're like, the, the bucks are like kind of put out by it because they have their own match. Yes. They have, they're going to, well, this is before their match where they're like, they're going to have, what is it? The match against the Lucha Brothers? I think so. Double or nothing. Yeah. yeah, in the fucking it was a nightmarish like ladder match, the best the ladder match. to hell match, right? Or yeah. ladder of death match, whatever. Escalera, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's like, hey, listen, I know you're gonna have your your match, yeah. you know, um, but it would really mean a lot to me. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we can like I guess we can come out. And he's like, you know what? Never mind, never mind. Yeah. Like I didn't want to. Like I didn't mean to. Like I know you guys are busy. Like I'm, I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah, okay. Like they don't push back. They're like, okay, because they legit don't want to go. They know they're going to be beat to hell in this ladder match. Whether they win or lose, they're going to be severely injured. And the last thing they want to do is hobble out Mm -hmm. and watch this. But that tells you about their priorities. And that tells you about how they think of of Adam Page. If they thought he was going to win, if they thought he had any chance... They probably would have agreed to go out with him. So the couple of things here. One... The Bucks always would second Kenny. Yes. For all the big title matches. And so this is in direct sort of like opposition to, you know, what, what Paige is, is, is trying to replicate, right? Um, also, Paige, in this recounting of the segment, he's me. I'm like, hey, uh, you know what? No, 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 like you said, he's like, ah, and yeah, don't worry about it. Like, no problem. So, you know, he ends up losing yep. uh, to Jericho. And um, Jericho goes on his reign. I think, I know what I was feeling at the time, which was like... Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't really... I wouldn't really want Jericho to be champion because he's, you know, he's a little bit older and everything. And, and I thought Moxie would have been a better first champion. But whatever. When Jericho won it, I think... We were all basically just waiting for it to find its way to Moxley. Yes, which which it did, and so Paige is now like now we're talking. What is this? This is all in two thousand and nineteen, right? The first all in. So Omega's on the wasn't was he on the card? Omega wrestled pack pack as Moxley was. Had the staff infection. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, I'd like to point out something that nobody else noticed. Kenny lost to Pac. I do recall that, yeah. Who beat Pac? Uh, Hangman. Hangman, yeah. Anyway. So, um, now we have essentially two losers who are then put into a makeshift tag team. Yes. Kenny's best friends with the Bucks. Yes. He's not best friends with uh, Adam. No. And by the way, Cody's gone at this point. Yeah. I gotta like go on the Wikipedia for Cody. I don't really understand exactly what happened there. He, he had a promo where he was not like interacting with them at all. For they were building up to the first blood and guts, and then the pandemic happened, and sure. blood and guts didn't happen. Yeah, sure. And then at one point, Cody was hadn't interacted with them for months. Yes. And then he was just on TV, and he's like, "Am I even in the elite anymore?" 
And, he, and they just continued on his promo, and it was, oh, well, I guess he's not. Guess he's not. No, he's not on Wikipedia anymore. So, so yeah. Um, the Bucks do not, are not the inaugural AEW Tag Champions. SCU are. Right. Now, the Bucks thought they were going to be. Everybody thought everybody, they were going to be. I mean, everybody thought Kenny was going to be the world champion. Right. Uh, Bucks are going to be tag champions. Well, everybody was having their TNA flashbacks yeah. where Jeff Jarrett is world champion forever, uh-huh. right? So just the way we were afraid Hangman was going to be a Roman Reigns, everybody mm-hmm. thought the Bucks were going to be a Jeff Jarrett situation where they're sure. like, sure, they start their own company and they are the biggest stars in the company, so yeah. why wouldn't you put the titles on them? And the Bucks also don't react well. The characters also assumed that they would be winning the first be, be the first ever the tag team champions. Right. Um, so they don't. Now all of the elite are losers. Yes. All of the elite have failed to do what everyone what either they set out to do or what everybody assumed they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the elite are losers. Yes. For I like to point out too, even though Cody is no longer in the elite by the end of the year he was part of the elite when he was one of the elite when the company started. Yep. And he's also a loser, having failed to defeat Chris Jericho yep. and now forever losing the right to challenge for the world title. So everybody's in a bad spot here. Yep. John Moxley's fine. John Moxley is building momentum toward yep. toward the title. Mm-hmm. But all of the elite guys are nowhere near where they in Kayfabe thought they would be, and nowhere near where a lot of fans assumed they would be. Sure. They have the the, the dynamite on the boat. Jericho is, Cruz. Yeah. So Paige and Omega have been teaming up for a little while. They're not best friends, like we said before, but they're a pretty good tag team. And this is around the time Paige's character develops this drinking issue. Yes, it's right around this time. Yes, um, which is hilarious. Now, had he tried to quit the Elite yet? He had, right? I believe so. He tried to quit the Elite because he's in a group of losers, and he's the biggest loser of the loser group. So he's like, hey, respectfully, I need to go do my own thing for a minute. Yeah. I need to go find my own way. And they're like, no, you can't quit. Because that's what happens in Friends. With yeah, friends. friends are like, no, you can't stop me. It's like the George Costanza tries to break up with that woman. She's like, no. no. <laughs> right. But in fact, he's not saying that he doesn't want to be their friend anymore. He's saying, I need to not be a part of your specific pro wrestling faction. And they're like, well, that's impossible. And kayfabe, how and why are factions a thing? What is the elite? <laughs> they're just friends who like decided to go to business together? That's what I'm asking, is a larger topic about factions, how they're formed, in storyline reason, what's the purpose there? Sidebar. Well, I mean, it's a legitimate question, because what are the elite on screen? And what is it that Hangman is trying to quit? Because he's not trying to quit being their friend. Exactly. But the elite seems to be a group of like-minded people with a common goal. Yep. They train together, they travel together, Mm -hmm. theoretically a training camp, right? They support each other, whatever. He's like, I feel like our goals don't align right now. Yep. So I don't want to be a part of your your sure. group. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with you personally, but I need to not yeah. be a part of this group right now because I feel like it's not helping me in my career. You join a faction because 
it will be helpful to everyone's career. If you train together, if you travel together, if you work together, mm-hmm. if you help each other out, if you watch each other's backs. It's like joining like a like an MMA, an MMA gym, right? Yes. The idea is like I'm getting better by being here. Uh, right, and Hangman doesn't feel like he's getting better by being in the elite. He feels like he's being dragged down. So the elite is a, a group of like-minded guys. Yes. That's the problem. Kenny and the Bucks, because Cody also leaves, probably for the same reason. Yes. These guys are dorks. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're goofy. They're, yeah, they love they're... video games, right? They're also, like, weirdly, like, goody two-shoes in a way. Yeah. The Bucks are very Christian. I don't know if they drink or not. I know Kenny doesn't. Yeah. They're Christian AF. They don't, I don't think any of, them, any of them drink besides Cody and Hangman. He doesn't feel like he's a good fit with them yeah. personality-wise. Uh-huh. He feels like he's being stifled by... And he doesn't feel like a member of the group. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel like he can be himself. He feels like they want him to be somebody else. So he's like, hey, respectfully, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, you can't. And here's where we blur the lines a little bit. Yeah. They're his bosses. They have a certain, like, they don't say this on screen, but theoretically, they have a certain degree of pull. Mm -hmm. He tried to quit the Elite, they said no, and the Elite pulled strings and got him put in that tag team match as Kenny's partner. The upshot here, the buckshot here, is that uh, Hangman tries to quit, they tell him no, and then they flex on him by putting him in a tag team match with their best friend, who he doesn't have an established relationship with. He was closer to the Bucks because he was in a trio with the yeah. Bucks in New Japan. Kenny, Kenny also lived in Japan, right? Yeah. Like, this is a guy from Aaron's Creek, Virginia, teaming with a guy from Japan <laughs> who, he's a, he's a mutual friend. Yes. He's like the guy on Facebook. Oh, yeah, you know, we know John. Yeah, like, sometimes when, uh, like, we watch pretty much every, every yeah. pay-per-view together, and every once in a while they're like, Man, my friend comes over, and it's just yeah. like some dude over there. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. That's Kenny Omega in this situation. <laughs> it's like some guy I've never fucking met before. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be cordial to this guy sure. for two hours. I'm probably never going to see him again. But like... You want me to tie with it? <laughs> right. So I'm like, hey, uh, this guy you've never met before um, that you're just yeah. meeting now, uh, he's your tag team partner. Yeah. And because Hangman is desperate for anything he can cling to, personality-wise. Sure. And... If he's in this tag team with Kenny, he's got a shot at the tag team titles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He feels like he's already failed at a singles title. And this is before there's a TNT title. So the only thing he's got... Which, by the way, sidebar, Cody's the one who introduced the TNT title. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. A special little title for himself. Yes. After he lost the ability to challenge for the world title. So, uh, Hangman doesn't have the power to do that. No. He has no alternative but to team with this guy that he's lukewarm on yep. for the tag team titles. And to everyone's surprise, they're a very good tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, the friendship doesn't really blossom, though. It doesn't make sense. They're not really friends. That's exactly that's why it doesn't blossom. Is that they're just like your analogy? I get along with them good enough. They're coworkers. They're co-workers. They're work friends. They may have gone a couple to happy hour after work, but they're not. Kenny didn't go to happy hour. Kenny's there. He's drinking a... Uh, a like, milk. <laughs> no, he's drinking a seltzer. A seltzer. Okay. Right. It's telling everybody that it's alcoholic, but it's not. It's a white cloth. No, it's not. I guess it's a white cloth. That's a... That is a... a uh, 
A polar seltzer, Kenny. Um, <laughs> story about that. Um, so they are successful. They they beat SCU the beginning of 2020, but then they have they go to the Young Bucks and Megan Page for the tag titles at the final. Uh, pre-pandemic pay-per-view revolution mm-hmm. where Moxley wins the belt. That's how the show ends. And they have a fucking classic. It was yeah. one of the best tag matches ever. We recorded an episode about this that never aired or never got released. That's your fault. Well, it's the pandemic's fault. Yeah. But, but like... Don't blame Panty. <laughs> Panty Omega. Panty Omega. Penta. Panty Garcia. Um... So, yeah, we recorded an episode about this match because it was so fucking good. And at the time, we were talking about how deep and detailed mm-hmm. the history the callbacks, was. The yes. the, the teases, the in-ring, just like the crowd. Um, everything worked. Everything clicked. Yep. And they teased at the end of that match that Hangman was going to turn. Because Kenny, after the match... After they defeated, because at this point the Bucks were still the favorites. Yes. Everybody was still like, I can't believe the Bucks haven't been tag team champions mm-hmm. yet. The Bucks have another year before they win the titles. It's, it's, it's until the end of the year, right, basically? Yeah, and I think it was November, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's an upset, but Hangman and Kenny, who don't even have a team name. There's Omega and Page. Omega and Page beat. The favorites, the guys that ever that everybody thought were going to be champions already, uh-huh. clean. And afterward, Hangman wants to leave because they've they've in the lead up to this already been arguing. The Bucks are mad that they haven't been tag team champions. The Bucks are mad that this thrown together tag team mm-hmm. has been tag team champions before them. But they're not mad at Kenny. They're focusing that frustration and anger on Hangman. Yes. And Hangman's like. This is the first thing I've ever had that's mine. Yeah. Like, I tried to quit this group and do my own thing. You wouldn't let me. Now, I'm a tag team champion, and you're trying to win it from me. Like, let me exist. Yeah. And they throw back in his face that he was a jobber in Ring of Honor. Yes. They took him under their wing. And he's been drinking to deal with the frustration of this untenable situation that he's in. Having to depend on somebody that he doesn't really like or trust to watch his back. The people that he did previously like and trust are openly hostile to him. Mm-hmm. He has nowhere to turn. He feels like he doesn't have any friends. And he's drinking He's drinking about it. Yeah. And Kenny is trying to downplay it because Kenny's embarrassed for him because Kenny's being judgmental about his alcohol intake. The Bucks are openly throwing it in his face on TV. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. But... The Bucks lose. Kenny immediately goes and checks on the Bucks after the match. Yeah. So instead of this being about these two guys growing closer together, you know, a bond forged in battle, it becomes about Kenny, despite the fact that he is bound to Paige by this by this championship now, still choosing the Bucks over him. He teases turning heel, but he doesn't. 
He holds the ropes open for Kenny, and Kenny yeah. leaves. And things continue on this way for a while. Kenny and Hangman spend more time together, but they don't really get closer. And we saw on Being the Elite things like Kenny changing in the Bucks locker room. Yeah. And Hangman not knowing how to bring up that that bothers him. Like, we're defending against them. Yeah. Like, could you maybe, you know, mm-hmm. change together? We can talk you know, strategy, okay. whatever. It doesn't make me feel good. The fact that you're supposed to be my partner and you're changing with the guys we're defending against. I just had a thought really quick. Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned changing. You said, like, they didn't have a team name. Uh, they also, like, never really had, like, matching gear. No. Now that I think about it. Because, like, Kenny has his gear, right? Like, it's, like, that weird, like, Samus-looking thing. <laughs> but, like, they never once, like... Besides maybe having... They have a lot of black on their tights, you know? It's just kind of... They didn't enter together. No? They had separate theme songs, separate yep. entrances. Mm-hmm. Always driving home the fact that they are separate. There's a divide between them. Yep. Um, so, the other thing I wanted to say was, if they were in WWE... You know what their name would be? What's that? Cowboy Cleaners. <laughs> Incorporated. No, 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 you're wrong. We'd be Team Cowboy Cleaners. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? Team Tess. Team Tess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> they're winning, but they're not getting closer. And, and this, uh, WWE releases FTR. Yep. The revival, I should say. They show up, and they immediately tease a program with the Bucks, who are not the tag champions, by the way. No. Um, because of their association with the Bucks, Omega and Paige are like involved in this story. We don't get to Bucks and uh, Bucks and FTR or the rival as a as a tag program. They they team up, right? Yeah. The FTR is doing like a weird faux babyface thing yeah. where they team up with against uh, the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade. They do oh, the eight man tag. Yeah. Um, so Kenny is skeptical of uh, Wheeler and Harwood. FTR. <laughs> and apparently Paige has a bit of a history. With these uh, proud Southern boys. Well, as they say, Mid-Atlantic boys, right? Paige from Virginia, those guys from uh, North Carolina. Yeah. They're from the same general geographic area, and they're bo- they're all throwbacks yep. to kind of the NWA style, whereas the the other members of the elite are very PWG, yep. right? Very PWG, very New Japan-influenced. Mm-hmm. They have their teetotaling lifestyle. They have their fucking video game fandom, mm-hmm. right? Page is different. He's a little more... Well, he's not that serious. He's not goofy in the same way. He's funny, we later find oh, out. Oh, yeah, we find out later. Yeah, we find out that he is funny, and he is fun, but he has to feel comfortable. Yeah. Which, brother, with as somebody with social anxiety, I know that feeling. I know that feeling, knowing that you can't, you feel like you can't be yourself in a group of people, and therefore you feel like stifled and, sure. and crushed. You can't. So I get that. I get that hard. And he felt like he couldn't be himself with those guys, but because there's a cultural, like regional history with FTR, mm-hmm. and the fact that the FTR guys drink, 
They brought him out a cooler, like to celebrate after a match. Yeah. And he's like, hey, these are people who are from where I'm from. Yeah. These are people who aren't going to shame me yeah. for drinking. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, I, I don't know this like to be reality, but in storyline at least, like the the story is like they know, they, they've known of each other, they're friends. Yeah. Uh, before AEW, like they, they have some kind of history together, which I don't know if that's actually fully true, but... At least in story, the timing doesn't necessarily line up. Doesn't make sense, but you know who who's to say that they didn't work on indie shows and, and stuff like that. So you've got this new team, Kenny skeptical. They're playing faux baby faces. They they uh, um, talk about the what they go up to Adam Page and ask him to you know to do to do during that Young Bucks tag match. Yeah, so they ask. They say they didn't ask, but we, I heavily honestly, implied. Honestly, I think they didn't ask. Okay. I think they planted a seed. I think they did know Adam Page at least in kayfabe. They knew Adam Page. Yeah. They knew his anxiety. They knew what made him tick. And, and later on, they say as much. Yeah. After the the betrayal is revealed, but they know that he feels alone. Mm-hmm. They know that he is craving approval and friendship mm-hmm. and support. And they essentially plant the idea in his head that he should ensure that they, not the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. get a shot yeah. at Paige and Omega. So he goes as far as grabbing, is it Matt's leg? I believe it is, but I mean... I assume it's Matt because they have the most heat. heat. Yeah. So he grabs one of the Young Bucks' legs during the match and it allows FTR to capitalize, win the shot against... Page and Omega. Page and Omega. Page immediately regrets it. He hates that he did this. He feels like shit about it. But he felt like he had no choice. Because I think he felt like... They beat the Bucks once. Mm-hmm. They were lucky to beat the Bucks once. They can't beat the Bucks again. Mm-hmm. And if they, if he's no longer tag team champion, then he's got nothing. Yeah. So he does what he does. FTR wins, and FTR goes on to beat Hangman and Kenny. But not before they turn heel on him. Not before they, yeah, they turn to the point of hitting him with the cooler, right? Yeah. They. So, right, so the, you know, this story is the eventual heel turn of FTR as well. So, they are baby faces. They're not actually baby faces. They turn heel. They humiliate Omega and Paige. They humiliate the Bucks. And, you know, that sets up their. They also uh, beat the shit out of the Rock and Roll Express. Yes, they did. Um, I love FTR, by the way. Atoli is introduced around this time. Yes. Um, and I believe the match is at All Out, right? All Out 20... You're better at I am than remembering the specific it's all shows. Out, it's All Out 2019, I think. Because Full Gear 20... Sorry. All Out 2020 is when they lose to FTR. Full Gear 2020 is when the Bucks beat FTR, I believe. FTR is the shortest... Yeah, champions. Somehow. And Full Gear is also Page and Omega. Mm-hmm. So, again, to recap, 
They lose to FTR at All Out, the tag belts. AW announces the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Paige, upon losing these belts with... Uh, sorry, Omega, upon losing these belts with Paige, is like, I'm a singles guy now! Wait. What? Pause. Yes. Immediately after they lose those titles... Oh yeah, the, the post-match. The post-match, Kenny doesn't help them up. Kenny drops him. Yes. Kenny's frustrated, obviously, because mm-hmm. this is Hangman's fault. Yep. But and immediately afterward, we get the interviews mm-hmm. where they ask Omega, um, "Are you planning to challenge you? Are you going to ask for a rematch?" And Kenny's like, "No. Mm-hmm. Like, it's time for me to be me. It's time for me to be Kenny Omega. Like, we had a good run as tag team champions, but I'm not really interested in being a tag team anymore." And later. I don't know if it's the next night or later in that same night, Marvez asks Hangman, mm-hmm. um, so what are you going to do now? And he's like, well, Kenny and I, you know, we're going to get back on track. We're going to challenge for tag belts again. And he's like, oh, sorry, did you not know? Kenny doesn't want to be in a tag team with you anymore. He told us, he told everybody. He was on TV and he said it. Fucking Marvez. And Hangman is crushed. Yeah. He's fucking crushed and humiliated. Yeah, because he had, with. he had to find out on television that his tag team partner was gonna was just dropping him. The game broken up by text. Yeah. Which we've all done, right? <laughs> um so yeah. So now Paige's alcoholism is worse. We're getting worse. worse. He's been drinking. Yeah. His his lower thirds are hilarious. Yep. Right? But he's been drinking. He becomes more and more lost uh, emotionally, mentally he's Spiraling. These guys, their tournament trajectories are much different. Omega arguably has easier challengers. He's putting them away faster. This is... he Is this when he beats Sonny Kiss in like, like eight seconds? Second. Yeah. Yeah. And Paige is like really kind of... He's got more difficult opponents. His matches are going to grow longer. And then... But he's clawing his way through. Yeah. Yeah. And as a fan... So now let's talk about our perspective individually as fans. We, I went from like, I don't really like, care about his character to, oh, this is a good game. He's a good wrestler. He's funny. The drinking stuff is funny. It's fun. And all the while, like they're storytelling, right? Like everything we just outlined. Yep. And so when it's now Hangman versus Kenny, you, well, me, and I'll ask you, like as a fan, like, I think I love this Hangman character. I'm already, I'm, I'm fully in. Yeah, all in, as it were. I'm all I, in. I tell you, it's for me. Yeah. It's all the little moments, all the little character moments that mm-hmm. Hangman starts racking up. The Chirons have always been funny, yeah. right? But we, we kind of gloss it over back before he broke up with the Elite in the lead up to the first Stadium Stampede. Yeah. There was the. Uh, the moment when the rest of the elite was getting the shit kicked out of them mm-hmm. by the inner circle, and Hangman has that fantastic moment where he runs into the ring, mm-hmm. carefully puts his beer on the turnbuckle post, yep. jumps in, beats the shit out of the entire inner yep. circle. Literally, hold my beer. Yeah, he doesn't even let that. He's he wouldn't trust them to hold it. He puts it on the on the mm-hmm. corner post, beats the shit out of five guys, then walks out without breaking stride with his beer. It was very badass. There was also 
the time when he got uh, thrown uh, thrown to the apron. Yeah, remember, and he did like the uh, like the rodeo thing. Yeah, like before the buckshot lariat, like acted like he was he was yeah. trying to ride a bull. And there were so many fun character moments with Hangman, and he was becoming a more realistic, fleshed out person. Yes. And also, like I said, we're getting a peek inside his mind, and we're seeing the anxiety that he's struggling with. I don't know if you've heard this about our generation, the millennials. Uh-huh. We're fucking anxious people. I don't know. About, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm my mental hygiene is perfect. <laughs> yes, it's it's all the little moments. It's converting the fans of the product who were like him to showing the depth. Yeah, exactly. And we have direct comparisons of this. Not even this level of story, but like the drunk wrestler, the guy with problems on WWE TV, on WCW TV. Like we know how this has been. Drunk Hawk, drunk Hawk. Scott Hall's entire career, post like '98. Um, right. It's never that he's too drunk to wrestle. Like that's not what it's about. No. It's not that he's too drunk to wrestle. Yeah. It's in fact his wrestling record is getting better. He is, his professional life mm-hmm. is going better than it was before. Mm-hmm. However, it's his in personal life. In some ways. In some ways. Yeah. But his, his win-loss is improving. Yep. Like, he's climbing up the singles ranks. Yeah. He's beating guys that he wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to beat, right? Where he's falling short is his personal life, mm-hmm. his stress, his anxiety, his mental health. Yeah. He's neglecting. Right, so that's very different than Scott Hall's wrestling tonight and he's stumbling around. Yeah, it's a much more nuanced take, and we're seeing a much. I mean, compare a drinking storyline like that, but also compare a Roman Reigns arc where they know he's not over, so they try things, a number of things, short term yeah. to try to get him over, but never, never present him in a different way, never show. A different side of him. Sure. So, yes, it's a very intensive, very long term. Yep. And so, before we continue here, some of this, I think we'll get into this a little bit later too, is kind of like happy accidents. Like, things you didn't necessarily maybe script or plan, but they happened and you, you went with it. And you go into... August 2021 and leading up to All Out, which he's not on this year, he's off that pay-per-view, I think most people, if you watch the TV, were like, oh, like, he's he's getting heated up for Omega for All Out. Yep. Right? They, they've already, they're in segments together, they're they're fighting, they're, they're doing the stable stuff, like, but then... Real life happens, right? He has a baby. Yep. There are debuts coming. Is he going to be overshadowed again? Right. Right? And so, and we can get to that later, but like, the, the, the great thing about AEW in telling the story is, a lot of this may have been planned, and a lot of this may have not been planned. We don't know yet because it's still pretty new, mm-hmm. but in a couple of years... I can't wait for the AEW documentaries. Yeah. Uh, to your point, that's actually the next step in the journey is the Dark Order. Yes. I think the association with the Dark Order was always supposed to be part of the Hangman Redemption story. Sure. 
but I think it was originally supposed to be a much more traditional. If you remember at the time, Brody was scouting him. Brody was scouting him. I think I mean my uh, where I projected the storyline to go was maybe he would. There's one or two ways, right? Like he was gonna go in there and then free the Dark Order. Yeah. Or he was not ever gonna go in there. He's just in a feud with Brody, and then that would lead to something else. I think um, he was gonna free the Dark Order. Yeah. I think that was the plan, uh, because they were already showing that Brody was a heel, a monster heel. He was abusive to these guys yep. who these lovable, like misfits, yep. who were genuine friends. Yes. To Hangman in a way that. They were goofy, but not in the way that the, the Young Bucks and Kenny were goofy. Yeah. Right? They didn't care that he drank, but they wanted what was best for him. Dark Order always comes out for other people's... Yes, Dark Order always supportive. Yep. Right? Not and Which is what he wanted. I mean, if you go back to the moment that his relationship with the Bucks first fractured, it's because they didn't come out. Yep. They couldn't be bothered. So, despite the fact that they could always be bothered for Kenny. So Or, or Adam. Or Adam, yeah. yeah. So, cool. we get... To this point where, and I think it was originally supposed to free the Dark Order, mm-hmm. and that would have been his big feud where yes. he kind of you know steps into his own. Yeah. As it happens, I hate to say this because you know sure. I don't like the fact that Brody Lee died. That's but, like that's a really hot take. <laughs> I'm you, don't, so, you don't like that a a, a very nice guy, a, a beloved figure, figure died. What I'm saying is, ultimately, I think the Dark Order staying together made the Hangman story yes better. It added, obviously, r- reality. It added this, like, I'm sure they would have gotten in there, but, like, this, these guys that are trying to recruit him, they're good guys. Right, that these are real people. I guess is what I'm trying to say, and it in some ways, yeah, who who's to say what that would have looked like if Brody didn't pass away? But what we did see was like, all right, Paige is with these guys, and and they really want him, right, more than they ever wanted him before. They need him, right? That's right. The, that's the story here, and so you have a guy who's like, I've done the group thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not really about that. We can hang out, but you know, let's let's not go crazy here. And in fact, they're okay with that. Dark Order historically, uh, in many ways, is a is like, I mean, Colt's now in it, but Colt initially was like he was there, but he wasn't there. He was in it, but he wasn't in it. Ty Conti is like this like loose member. Like they're kind of cool. With, like, this, like, oh, yeah, you know, come by if you yeah. want. We're not going to force anything on you. Although their thing was, like, sort of, like, suckering you in to, to joining them. But Right, but eventually the reveal is that that sort of malignant influence yeah. was Mr. Brody Lee. Yeah. Right? And without, without Brody, the Dark Order were genuinely cool guys. Brody, like, and I guess this was shown on TV, too, but, like, he... He really wanted Paige. So that means he saw something in Paige. Yes. Which, theoretically, Adam Paige did not see in himself, right? How much of this was scripted? How much of this, like, not a happy accident, but an accident that, that they um, transitioned to a story? I think around this time, they do the whole, like, 
proposal angle where John Saber proposes the to, cringe, yeah, like the purposely cringe. Yeah, purposely cringe. They're going for that thing like the somebody proposes on the jumbotron yeah, yeah, at, a, yeah. at a sports yes. game and the and the, the woman says no. Yeah, right. They have the fucking he the the banner that says he said yes. Yes. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> and fucking, they had like randos coming out dressed as cowboys. Yes. Yeah. To, yeah. to celebrate, yeah. and Stu has to chase them backstage. Come back, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. It's, and. Hangman thinks he's ruined his friendship with them. Yeah. He thinks, one, he'll ruin his friendship with them if he joins the Dark Order. Yeah. Because he'll jinx it. Right? What what happened with the Elite will happen with his new friends. Right? And then he thinks he's ruined the friendship by refusing membership because he feels like he's refusing them. Yeah. And there's a segment where they're like, no, we still love you. Yeah. Like, nothing has changed. Like... We wanted you to join our group because you're our friend. Yeah. But if you don't want to join our group, we're still your friends. Yeah. And it seems like a revelation to him. Not everyone is like uh, Matt, Nick, and uh, Kenny. Right. So, all right. He's not in the Dark Order, but he's an associate. That's kind of how most of this year goes. He has a few. He has a few feuds. He has the the, the Matt Hardy feud, oh, yes. where he's he's shown it's not a great feud, but he's shown it shows that he is smart. Yes, he's not going to be manipulated the way he was by FTR. Yep. He outsmarts Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. even though he's no longer a, he's not going to be a member of the Dark Order. They come out and celebrate with mm-hmm. him. They do the the weird thing where he like buys a lawnmower and gives them rides on it. That photo is great. <laughs> like that. Like, that uh, of a seminal photo, but yeah. like, it's a great photo. Um, he has the My Hardy program. He wins. He has the Brian. He has the Team Taz. Brian Cage. Yeah, where he thing. he beats he beats Brian Cage to become number one contender to Kenny's world title. And then has Cage, Cage beats him. Uh, Remember, he loses to Cage. Yes, he loses to Cage, yeah. but then he beats Cage. Yes. And when he beats Cage, yep. he becomes number one contender. So this is interesting because if you look back at... He was actually ranked number one before he lost to Cage. This is the thing, right? So it, they're playing, I think, on fan expectations. Because at this point, we're talking about uh, April, May of, of this year, 2021. I know that I'm thinking, all right, we're going we're gonna to get to Page and Omega. Because as a wrestling fan in... In the twenty uh, the twenty tens, watching WWE, it's like, all right, there's a long term story here. We're gonna get to that match soon, and we have a ton of rematches. But really, what they do is that Page, yes, he's number one or whatever, but he loses to Cage, and, and that was weird as a WWE viewer because I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah, because it would be typical for WWE to lose interest in pushing somebody. Yes. But AEW hadn't done that. No. But take that into account, or take into account with that, mm-hmm. the fact that when he was ranked number one, he was ranked number one for a while yeah. before that match with mm-hmm. Page. It wasn't a, uh, the match with Cage. It wasn't a promoted match either. No. It was like on a dynamite. Right. And Marvez had asked him, like... So, you're ranked number one. Are you going to challenge Kenny Omega? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't really want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, he's uncomfortable. He doesn't feel that he's ready. Yeah. He's still not... 
he's still not feeling like he's worthy yeah. of challenging for the title, of being champion, of being loved. Mm-hmm. He, he's not ready. He's not ready yet. So, subconsciously, maybe he wanted Brian Cage to beat him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe he wanted that, he wasn't ready for that burden yet. So maybe that last bit of heart, you know, for that last minute kickout wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Who am I to say? But in the rematch, he fires up because they make it personal. Yeah. They target him. He has to fire up. Yes. He beats Brian Cage definitively. Yes. And then he has that moment at the end of the match. Do you remember this? He pins Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. The referee raises his hand, uh-huh. he smiles, and then the smile disappears because he realizes that he's number one contender again. Yes. He's he's fending off Team Taz, right? Yeah. This is the match. So He's working like a top babyface. Yes. He is in full Stone Cold Steve Austin, yes. fighting off all the members of the corporation mode. Yep. He's channeling that mm. top babyface energy. He's doing it. He's in these two matches we just talked about. And Matt Hardy and Brian Cage, he's he's wrestling guys in factions. Yeah, and he's winning on his own, right? For 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 what it's worth. Well, and, uh, in the match against Matt Hardy, Dark Order does help him. They're literally there to support him. Oh yeah, because he like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the spot where he's outside of the ring and then yeah they don't, I mean they don't like cheat or anything no, no, no. but he's falling off the apron and yeah. they're literally there yeah. they fall back on him and they put him back on the apron like they're literally there mm. to support him which like it's so funny when we talk about that match I remember that storyline being like I don't really care about this and that's how I feel about most things with HFO but in hindsight it's like yeah it wasn't great you know it wasn't bad but it wasn't great. And then you look at it like... It was a very important part of the journey. It was a very important part of the journey. <laughs> it's where he learned to trust. Yes. <laughs> the trust fall. Um, so he, he beats Brian Cage. <laughs> it was a trust fall. God damn it, Tony. You're so good. He wins. He beats Brian Cage. Uh, great match, by the way. I've watched it many times, actually. That's probably the best Brian Cage match I've ever seen. Vax. And, you know, again... Did you that- say Brian Cage was vaxxed? No one's ever said that. <laughs> um, he, this, so, uh, we're a year into the pandemic at this point. Keep yeah. this in mind. So, double or nothing, one is outside at Jacksonville. It looked great with, like, the natural lighting, right? It's May. Um, it's, like, the first time in a while where they've had, like, a full crowd for, yeah. for, for Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Because uh, at this point, the vaccines are out. Brian K is not taking it. Um, but it's like, if you remember, I do, like, the pop he gets, because he's like the first baby face, he's the first match on the show, proper show, show proper, sorry, where he comes out and he's like, whoa, like, yeah. the crowd's electric. Yeah, we have, uh, crucially, I think, yes, it's pandemic dynamites, so he does not have that one-to-one interaction with the fans where he's seeing that they're on board with him that they are supporting him he doesn't know that but to your point when he comes out and is surprised 
that's another instance of Hangman becoming aware that there are people who care about him, people who see his struggle, people who support him. Mm-hmm. And later on, when he has, when he finally has mm-hmm. his big babyface promo, because all his promos up until this point have been promos about his anxieties. So he, yeah. he did the sit down with Jim Ross where he said he felt like he was full of poison. Mm-hmm. That everything he touched went bad and he was struggling with that. Right? And JR was like, wow, that sucks. But like... I'm a boomer. <laughs> I don't get this. Like, wow, why don't you uh, why don't you have another drink? No, he, he actually tells him just to stop yeah, drinking. Yeah, like yeah. To, but as if the drinking is causing sure. his anxiety and not vice versa. Mm-hmm. So... When he finally gets that big moment, when he finally gets the moment where he puts into words mm-hmm. and articulates the journey that he's been on, he says he doesn't know, he doesn't fully understand everything that's happened, yeah. but he does know that even when he didn't believe in himself, the fans believed in him. Yeah. So that's the moment that that element is introduced. The The fan support, he becomes aware of it. Yeah. And that becomes another fire under him that becomes another fuel cell another fuel tank mm-hmm. right another thing to keep him going and yeah. another thing that he can turn to as yeah. opposed to stress drinking yeah so um chronologically right we are at double or nothing of this year the prior month uh, prior pay-per-view christian debuts right right we've already talked about christian but the point of this is Christian is in that battle royal, I believe, right, for Double or Nothing, where he loses to Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy wins. Who then gets to challenge Omega? Yes. Uh, Christian is the guy who ends up wrestling Omega at All Out for that title. So that's where we're going to end up is Kenny Omega Christian Cage for the AEW title. Cage has beaten Omega. Again, Cage beat Kenny Omega, which everyone thought. I know I thought like you don't beat Omega till Omega, I'm sorry, till Page. Right. There's a lot of Page and Cages here. Yeah, when we get, when we eventually do the Omega episode, we can talk about the belt collector storyline yes. and how I think everybody got a little greedy about what they thought was going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we were COVID all, also happened. COVID which, also happened, but I think we were all imagining Kenny fucking walking down the ramp like Ultimo Dragon with yeah, like yeah. eight belts. He's like the Triple H meme, right on the <laughs> yes. on the top rope. So, so anyways. The, the point of the reason I bring this up, right, is Christian Cage is, is injected into a program with Kenny Omega. Now, if you remember, I know I do, we were all like, Him? Him? For the I, world title at All Out? Like. Because we thought that it was destined to be Paige. Yes. He's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. He's on. They, 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 uh, this gets brought up later, right? Uh, in a promo by. Hey man, which is, he's on the hottest run of his career, right? He's he's in tight with the Dark Order, right? That storyline is still going. Um, he's having banger matches, right? He's kind of ready to confront Kenny, but what happens? 
So, Kenny's having a baby. <laughs> Not Kenny, uh, Hangman. Hangman's having a baby. Baby's, I think, is born around All Out. So let's say September. I don't even remember or know. Why should I know? He's having a baby. All Out time. They gotta sell this first episode of Rampage. Well, he did actually confront Kenny. No, no. What I mean by this is, like, I'm talking about the actual being able to have the match. Yes. Right, he confronts Kenny. That does happen. And he gets laid out. We know this. Yeah. But but the Dark Order comes out for him. Yes. And they're like, our friend is ready. Yes. And, he con- and he, he's mad about it because he's like, what the fuck? Why'd you, why'd you say that? Right. right. Um, typical anxious motherfucker. Right. Uh, don't, don't say things that are true. Okay? It hurts. <laughs> um, so, in real life, Paige is having a baby. Yes. In real life, Tony Khan has gotten... Some major aces up his sleeves. He has... Aces Brian, and eights. He has uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk coming in, and Adam Cole, which we don't know yet, but whatever, it's happening. Now the fans, if you remember, it's like, all right, all out. So this is a, I'm jumping all over the place here. All out is the CM Punk show. Yes. Right. So is United Center. Right. The first rampage, the first match on rampage is. Kenny Omega and Christian Cage for the Impact title, mm-hmm. and Christian beats Omega, which in the long run doesn't really hurt Omega, right? Like, it doesn't hurt Paige either. Uh, in fact, you can go to that match at some point uh, when Christian turns heel because he's definitely turning heel. Um, so the question is like, all right, well, do we want Adam Page's title win to be on the same show as CM Punk's debut? Which also is the debut of these two other guys that we don't know yet, but whatever. Oh, wait, he can't be there. Or maybe it's better if he's not there because he's having this baby. We'll just hold off on it. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. It's too soon. We don't know what, you know, how the meat was made yet. So we end up, have it, uh, end up having Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the world title. At all out. I don't remember much about that match, quite frankly. Because it was just... It was fine. I'm sure it was a fine match. Because the first match was fine. It was built around Christian repeatedly countering the one-week angel. Yeah. So, on TV leading up to All Out, Paige is ready. I'm coming after you, Kenny. Well, I mean, he was like triple BTE trigger, right? Right. He... Is 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 uh, um um basically killed off, and he's telling the Dark Order, "Don't come out." All right, I I'm gonna handle this on my own. Don't come out. That creates a split between the Dark Order, right? There's like half and half pro. Yeah, the Dark Order civil war. Yeah, based on how specifically to support. Yeah. Their, their friend who's going through it. Like, is it a spirit of the law or letter of the law type yeah, yeah. thing? Like, he specifically How said... How literally are we listening to him here? Yeah, because right? they're like, hey, he said not to come out, and by honoring his wishes, he wound up getting concussed yes, <laughs> and yes, injured. Yes. So both sides are essentially right. Yeah. Like, okay, we should have honored his wishes, but also honoring his wishes was stupid, and he got the shit kicked out of him yes. and was injured for months. He became a concussed dad. Right. Um... So, there's that segment where they're on the ramp, <laughs> Kenny, not Kenny, yeah, uh, Adam is, like, concussed, and, like, that's how, like, 
he's right off the show. We we don't see Paige until the ladder match on Dynamite uh, in October, I think, right? Uh, late September. The Dark Order's having their feud where, like, they're, oh, you know, like... It's Dark Order Civil. Yeah, which is whatever. It, it, it ends up being resolved by uh, Amanda Huber, Brody Lee's late wife. Right. And everybody thought, once again, Not that, wife. Uh, that Hangman was going to be the one to resolve that, too. Yeah. Or Anna Jay. But Anna Jay returns, and she's like, this sucks. I can't yeah. fix this. And Hangman... Shows up and has his own thing. They have to resolve it internally. Yes. Which I think is interesting. Not a lot of people were speculating on that. Yeah. So, Adam Page comes back. When's the, when's the ladder match? A joker, once again. Yes. He... The guy who throws off is John Moxley. Yes. Another great little moment that Hangman is always good for. Yeah. In that match, Moxley had been the guy to take over as the top babyface when he couldn't do it the first time. Yes. Moxley also has a storyline heading into the match with Omega because nearly a year before, Kenny had beat had cheated to beat him yes. to win the title. So Moxley also has a legitimate vendetta, a, vendetta, a legitimate storyline. Mm. So things are, this is a bookend, mm. right? Hangman is coming into a title challenge as a wild card, or as a joker, yes. rather, at the same time that John Moxley is entering with more fanfare and momentum. Yes. He has the moment. John Moxley is the guy he knocks off the ladder in a direct slugfest. Yes. Direct, just like punching each other in the face, Moxley drops. We get a close-up on Paige's face, and he's surprised. Another great moment where he yeah. can't believe that he did it. Yeah. He can't believe that he's gotten this good or that he is this hot or that he has this momentum. He's, again, surprised by himself. A couple other things that match, though. Who else is in that match? Pac, his Pac, first rival. Yes. Matt Hardy's in the match. We talked about Matt Hardy from the Revolution pay-per-view. Um, Orange Cassidy's in the match, which he's either never interacted, but Orange Cassidy was in the Double or Nothing main event with Kenny when I thought we're doing fucking Omega and Page at Double or Nothing. Didn't happen. He had never, up until that night, interacted with John Moxley. Correct. Right? Like, the, 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 the counter goes down to zero. It's Moxley in the ring looking at the ramp, and it's page and i remember thinking like oh shit we've never seen this and moxley in fact had mentioned him in a promo yes before this yeah where moxley took the very kind of boomer yes. stance of like he can't handle his shit he can't handle his shit on his own which moxley took what i would consider to be the heel position like not understanding mm -hmm. the pressure the stress that was on this guy and how yeah. he was interacting with it John Moxley very much a blunt instrument always yes right um, John Moxley as the blunt instrument is like listen he's soft and I'm gonna whip his ass John Moxley separate story separate episode his storyline going on at this point is I have a, I have a daughter I'm She's losing a, my goddamn mind I about love it. her I fucking hate her <laughs> my, my life is 
going nuts. Everyone's in this company. Everyone's coming in this company. No one's answering my calls. Yes. Specifically in Japan. And he's mad about the people who are presumably cutting in line ahead yes. of him. He's angry that he's being overlooked despite the fact that he carried the whole promotion during the pandemic. Yeah. And he was cheated out of the title the first time. Yep. He's got a reason to be frustrated, reason yes. to feel justified in his anger. And now, just when he's getting his chance yes. against Kenny, here comes Brian Danielson. Here comes CM Punk. Here comes Adam Cole. Here comes Adam Cole. And here comes Adam Page. All these guys, red hot. And all of a sudden, John Moxley's not a big fish in a small pond. He's a big fish in a big pond. There's a lot of other big fish. Yeah. And that is driving him to be more violent, more brutal, more sadistic. Yeah. I really wanted to see where that storyline was going. So, Adam Page wins that ladder match. He declares his intention. I am going to wrestle Kenny Omega, full gear, which is one year... Not to the date, but one year from last year's full year, where Kenny beat uh, Adam in a wrestle for the world title. And we we had one of the reasons that we thought it was going to be at All Out was that All Out was where he failed to beat Jericho. Yes. So we thought the full circle was going to be him finally becoming champion on the anniversary of the first time he failed. Yeah. In fact, it wound up being on the anniversary of his first match with Kenny I mean like poetically mm -hmm. it was a year ago all out where Kenny left him for yes left him it wound up working out better and people were uh, you and I were like it has to be all out it yeah. has to be all out because all out is so perfect yeah it's so perfect it makes all the sense and all out is also like you know like their mania, like that, Allegedly. way bigger than Full Gear. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's that or is it double or nothing? I don't know. No one knows, but like Full Gear is clearly a third. Yeah, Full Gear is fucking Survivor Series. Yeah. It's not Royal Rumble. It's not SummerSlam. But so, yeah, but it wound up in point of fact being um more of a uh, more poetic. Yeah. So I mean the the build to. From the moment he returns to the match at Full Gear, which the the show after Full Gear, the Dynamite is in Virginia, yep, which is his home state. They, the build's good. I mean, it, it's they've got some contract segment with the blood. <laughs> the promo is the big thing. Yep. Right. The promo is the big thing. With Tony. Um, he has that promo, and crucially, he doesn't promise to win. Yeah. He promises. To give everything he has. He promises cowboy shit. He promises cowboy shit. And that's when he finally defines what cowboy shit is. Yeah. Cowboy shit is fighting with your whole heart, mm -hmm. leaving in the ring. In the Dark Order package, you know, you don't need a hat to be a cowboy. Yeah. They did that too, where they talked about, we're finally seeing inside the mind of, of, of Hangman Page. We're finally seeing what his values are. Yeah. We're seeing where his heart is. Mm -hmm. And that was good that they said it there. But then when he actually puts words to it mm -hmm. in that Dynamite promo, and he says, this is cowboy shit. Yeah. That's important. It is like the promo for Hangman. Yeah. Like it, it, it's his mission statement, right? Um, we got to talk about 
the actual great, great job hanger. Oh, when during the during the, the contract, contract signing, yeah, 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 yeah. when Kenny uh, Kenny reveals what he had whispered in in Hangman's ear yeah. after he beat him the year previous, which we find out was a very like patronizing, great job hanger, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, um, which like that name. Hanger, like that <laughs> hanger on, right? Hanger on. I I pictured a, uh, like a hanging turd is what I pictured. Sure, I mean like it could be whatever, right? It could be. It's not a great nickname. No. So they have the conference segment, just a good segment. Don Callis is there in disguise. He's been off TV for a little while. Kenny opens up. Adam, signs his name in blood and Adam's blood. The the match that the the pay per view, which felt like a huge Saturday, uh, all day. I I wasn't able to watch it live. We watched it the next day. Mm-hmm. The thing that AEW does so well, besides everything we just outlined about the storytelling and, and the depth and everything, is like they make their stars feel important. So the pre-produced video package for Paige is him in the streets of Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? On a fucking horse. They got a drone coming through. There's The Dark Order running through the yeah, background? Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it on YouTube. It's there. You know, he's going through the streets of Minnesota. They've, they've like, uh, um, not CGI'd, but they've, like, manipulated different billboards mm-hmm. to be reflective of, like, the storyline. And he gets to the arena. Go to the last shot of the audience. Just the first few notes of uh, Hangman's song plays, and it's like... It wasn't Money in the Bank 2011. It wasn't. But it's like that same. Maybe if it had been in Virginia. Yeah, maybe it was in Virginia. Like huge, huge, absolutely. The, it's exactly the kind of coronation that WWE has been trying to do for the last five years, and they can't figure out how to do it. They tried to do it for Roman just, so many times. They tried to do just, it. just run Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> they tried to do it for Becky. Like Becky at WrestleMania would have been would have been that except the fact that it was 1 a.m. and everybody wanted to go home it was fucking freezing and yeah. raining so the match uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it but there are callbacks in there of course always callbacks um, it's well worked we find out later that Adam, uh, that Kenny Omega his body's falling apart he's got fucking like gum <laughs> keeping him together <laughs> and Paige is smart mm-hmm. he knows what uh, Kyle's is about to do with the belt Mm-hmm. And like stops them essentially. The the referee is knocked out, right? The great Aubrey Edwards running down the aisle. Paige has got uh, Omega pinned. Yep. And one, two, kicks out at yep. like the last possible second, last possible nanosecond, you know. And the the bucks come down. The bucks come down, which they set up previous, where. Hangman confronts them backstage mm. on Dynamite. This is after he has his killer promo. And that's kind of the moment where he fully transforms, right? He's ready now. Yes. After that promo. So he approaches them as an equal. Because mm-hmm. the Bucks are the focus of this more than Kenny. Yeah. He was, he was their guy, not Kenny's guy to begin with. 
they started this when they pawned him off on Kenny. Mm-hmm. And it was his relationship with the Bucks that fractured the elite to begin with, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So he says to them, listen, I felt really guilty about what I did in that tag team match. Yeah. But later on, you definitely paid me back for that. So we're even. Yeah. At this, he essentially just calls it off. He's like, yeah. we're even at this point. And if you get involved, if you so much as touch me during the course of this match, mm-hmm. I will end you. Yeah. And that's it. And walks away. And the Bucks react in such a way that this is the first time that they are seeing him as a peer. Yeah. They're not, they don't big league him. They clearly feel a little guilty about what Kenny did. Yeah. You know, writing his name in blood and all that. Mm -hmm. They react in such a way that they're like, okay, we get it. Mm -hmm. You're an adult. (laughs) Well, so let's talk, we we, we kind of skimmed over this really quick. The, The contract segment had set up that both elite, super elite, whatever members were gone of the arena from the arena. Dark Order members were gone, so it's just Kenny and and Adam and like Tony, I guess, in the middle of the ring, and then Don Callis like stuck in. Right. But the other thing you didn't mention was Paige approaching the Bucks. Cole's there, and yes, he, and he basically has to like tell Cole like, "Go, this is fuck. between us." Yeah, get the fuck out, and. You know, this is like that's a you know that's a different story for a different time. So, yes, they finally see him as a peer. Fast forward to the pay per view. They come down. They're 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 in pain. They had a gru- uh, a grueling match with uh, Jurassic Express, right? With, with Christian. Yep. In and, point in point of fact, mm-hmm. why they refused to come down during or didn't want to come down during exactly. his first title match? Exactly. They were thinking they were going to be all fucked up from their yeah. tag team match. So they were like, eh, I don't really know. This time, they actually are fucked up. Yeah. They lost. They lost bad. Yeah. They so, stagger down. Yeah. And so, Kenny's, you know, the, Kenny's basically, like, startled in the ring. Like, he's, like, kind of la- uh, spaghetti legs is what they call it, right? Um, Paige is on one side, looks down, and it's uh, Nick. And they look at each other. Page goes in for the buckshot, gets it, goes on the other side to do it again. Now Matt is on that side of the ring, which is like it's the left, left side of the hard cam, right? And they look at each other. Matt nods, nods, and then uh, Hangman launches into the uh, buckshot lariat. One, two, three, huge pop, mm-hmm. big celebration. Uh, Omega, you know, rolls out of the ring. They talk to each other, right? He, he says them, and then he like says something to pay uh, to uh, Omega. Presumably not good job hanger. Yeah, probably something more you know authentic and like genuine, and, and you know we're never gonna probably find that out, right? So Paige is in the ring. He's got the belt. He's celebrating. Out comes Dark Order, right? Mm-hmm. And it's great. He's like, yeah, come on down. I think we talked about this with Johnny Hungy. He's got these like crazy shorts. Yes. And, like, why? Why does it like <laughs> why these, point out? Yeah, you these know? enormous bulges in his yeah. shorts. Not what you're thinking, you dirty, dirty birdie, dirty birdie, dirty birdie. <laughs> um, so Reynolds 
is like in the in the middle of the the line of Dark Order members, has the beer. Yep. Presenting it to to Paige and Paige takes it, throws it across, throws it away, and goes, and goes for a hug. hug. Yep. And then presumably the end of that that particular story arc, he's he's overcome, whatever demon, whatever bad coping skill he had. Is this the best long-term character arc in the history of pro wrestling? And what I've watched in wrestling? Yeah. Right? I mean, this is... If you want to be not generous, you will say, this started in... January 2019. Right? The rally. Right. You could be really, you know, generous and say, it started, maybe not intentionally, but it started, the, he, him being... Whatever it was, May 9th. May 9th, 2016, when he joined the Elite. Or the Bullet Club, sorry. The same, the next day, the day after Adam Cole. Yes. Right? The afterthought. The anger. Yep. Right? Uh... You could say that it's been a five and a half year storyline. That seems excessive, but you could certainly say it's a two and a half year journey from the beginning of AEW. It's been the central narrative of yes. the first phase of AEW. If you want to think of AEW like the MCU, right? Yeah. This was phase one. Yeah. Right? So. I think the hangman story is the phase one narrative. I think the phase two narrative is the four pillars. Yeah. Essentially. And those guys interacting with each other mm-hmm. on the way to whoever becomes the first world champion is going to be MJF. But. Well, technically it's Brett, right? But well, yeah. That, that, that. <laughs> well, but Brett's the best of the four anyway. So the question now is where does hangman go from here? How does... I mean, Hangman will be okay in the short term because mm-hmm. his title reign is the short term. Yeah. Because it's going to be... It's probably not going to be a year. Mm-hmm. So Hangman Page is going to be fine in the short term because they're going to have good mm-hmm. good challengers for him. But in the long term, where does this character go when he's not the center of the narrative? Mm-hmm. Because he won't always be. He's the first great homegrown star but does he lose some of his luster when it's about the next four homegrown stars that are on the up and up? You and I both love Moxley, but I think it's hard to argue that Moxley lost a little luster over this last year when he wasn't challenging for the title. Sure. He stayed in the mix. Sure. People like Moxley. Mm-hmm. People love Moxley. But he certainly took a backseat. Everything you said, True. Also is informing the John Moxley character. Yes. Right? Like, you can make the argument... Exactly. Because of this, he's losing his fucking mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he also realizes that he's lost a step. Mm -hmm. And also now feels, you know, feels this pressure as a new parent to regain whatever step he's lost. Because he can't lose a step. He has to provide for his family. So, yes, that was turning into a new life for the Moxley character. Mm -hmm. So, I yes... I have faith that Hangman will remain... He's also younger than us. Jesus Christ. Like, 
kid ain't 30 yet. He's not 30 yet? I think he's like 28 or 29. I'm going to Google this. Look at that. But what I'm saying is that at oldest 31, let's say. Um, what? He is only 30. <laughs> only 30. Makes you feel great about yourself, right? Yikes. So listen. Uh, Hangman will be okay. Mm-hmm. Has AEW been planning their next phase for as long as the first phase? I mean, maybe. maybe. If it is about the four pillars, yeah. they have been pushed more sure. and more and more. Sammy's in the first match of Dynamite history. MJF wins the yeah. first branded AEW match. Darby did those series with Cody, and then he eventually beat Cody for the TNT title. When it, when it mattered the most, he won. Mm-hmm. <coughs> MJF is, I mean, we uh, Darby, MJF, Sammy. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy is like, he's probably the most long-term. Yeah, Jungle Boy has been, well... Has been the most con- consistently featured as a wrestler. Yeah, I think Jungle Boy is a fixture of Dynamite in a way that the other guys aren't as much, especially MJF. I mean, MJF's on every week cutting promos, yeah, but maybe. Jungle Boy is the one who's out there week after week after week putting in the Bret Hart kind of. Well, he was the guy who's like the first guy to hit, get to fifty wins, right? Yeah, uh, MJF's the guy who like. They talk about like he like, never wrestles. Yeah, he wrestles like three times a yeah. year, which makes it feel special. Yeah. But here we, I mean, here we are. To, to my own point. Yes. I'm trying to. I'm trying to say. Well, gosh, will they be able to replicate the success of the first phase? This this long term storyline. We're sitting here realizing that they've been doing it the whole fucking time. Which which was was I can't talk. We gotta end this soon. Which is why I was gonna say. Tony Khan, he's been, you know, when AEW started, and even now, he says, yeah, I've been writing Dynamites for, like, since I was 12. And I'm like, all right, whatever. These people weren't born. Yeah, but I'm like, if he's being relatively accurate, what he's saying is, I've thought about stories for the last 25 years of my life, and I've watched a lot of wrestling, and I know what kind of, like, tropes that might still work. Mm-hmm. Uh, angles, yeah, that will still work, and and character arcs. Well, I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, the four pillars are a I don't know if you call it a rehash or a reboot or a reimagining of all Japan in the nineties. Sure, we know for a fact because we saw the text messages that the Dark Order was a reimagining of Raven's Nest in ECW with mm-hmm. John Silver in the Stevie Richards role. Mm-hmm. So, I think what we're saying is, they should be in good hands. Yeah. I, um, I don't trust anybody. I mean, we can say what we want. We're worried about it. Like, we want the best for these guys, obviously. Yeah. And especially, we want the Hangman story to have a happy ending. Because, of course, the way wrestling works, arcs end, but stories don't. They mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah. And, like, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mr. McMahon feud, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be the greatest feud of all time... Ends on like a wet fart note with Steve Austin turning heel yep. to side with Vince McMahon in a decision that ended the hottest period in American wrestling yep. history. So I think the story 
a story, and we'll see if they they get to this. I think the eventual story that's being told here is the the reformation of the elite, and that means the Bucks, Omega, Page. But I think that's where this ends up going is they're all back on the same page at some point. Uh, I don't know as faces or heels. I don't really know. But presumably, let's say that they're as, as faces, it's because there's, at some point, a giant heel faction that's yeah. infiltrated AEW. It's the better version of what they just did in NXT 2.0. Yeah. With the... Uh, <laughs> Black and Gold versus the... the Rainbow, digital, yeah. yeah, Lisa Frank headache. Yeah. But... Also, a version of the, you know, the Four Horsemen versus the NWO. Sure. Or, you know, a good version of the Millionaire's Club versus the New Blood. Sure, sure. Or the, uh, the ECW Originals versus the, uh, the, uh, the New Breed. Sure. Right? But, yes, I think eventually the Elite will probably reform. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, it, I think what's so good about this is that we're talking about this leads to a eventual Kenny Omega face turn. This leads to well, the Bucks are still heels, but that main event with Paige was like the first couple of seeds of like these guys are gonna turn back. Yeah, I don't know, but you know they've shown they being AEW has shown pretty good uh, track record yeah. of long term stories, payoffs, layered storytelling. The bottom line is nobody's got a better track record. Nobody is less likely to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, no. and, they, and things can get fucked up. Right? People can get injured. People can be like people can die. People can die. People have died. Yeah, but I think what AEW has shown, and Tony Khan keeps saying this, mm-hmm. they're not going to make the WCW mistakes. Is that what Bischoff so upset? Yeah, but the fact of the matter is. We made it to Starcade 97 and the right guy won. Yes. That's important. It is. And no one did a. F- the count was uh, properly paced. <laughs> yes. uh, Alright, we're done. Tag me out, brother. Thank God. I gotta pee so bad. <laughs>